Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. I'm going to skip a little bit and come on, pick it up again in verse 15. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. Verse 18, And the priests came up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they'd taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel, cross the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. And so, uh, let me give you a quick kind of recap there. They're, they're crossing the Jordan and, uh, you know, God, uh, it's been in flood, so God had stopped the waters and uh, God says, pick up these 12 stones. And so Joshua, you know, gets people to pick them up and bring them over and uh, arranges them at camp. And uh, you're not just going to get a, it's not going to be a history lesson this morning. We're going to unpack about what this means for us today and uh, first of all these 12 stones they represented the 12 tribes of Israel crossing the Jordan and this was a, a huge pivotal moment here that was going on so the, the God's people they'd been in the wilderness for 40 odd years been taken out of captivity in Egypt and been wandering around in the wilderness and they'd kind of uh, they, they'd given up on, on, on God in some respect they hadn't been trusting him and uh, he'd been promised to lead them to the promised land and yet they'd been been turning away from God and making mistakes, and hence they've been in the wilderness for 40 odd years. And now there's this pivotal moment where they, they cross the Jordan. God, Moses dies and the, they cross the Jordan. God stops the waters of the Jordan. They cross out. And so it's this pivotal moment out of slavery in Egypt and crossing into the promised land. And so it's a, these stones, they're to be a reminder of God's, of God's faithfulness, of his goodness, that he, he cares of his love, of his grace and his mercy to his people, that he hasn't forgotten them. Yeah, this is why he, uh, God tells Joshua to set these stones up. He wants them to be a reminder, but not just a token reminder, far, far more than that. He's preparing God's people. Okay, they've crossed the Jordan, they're into the promised land, but... If you know the, the rest of the story, there are, there are big battles yet to come. There are big battles for God's people yet to come, and he wants to prepare his people for these battles. He wants his people to know that he's still working, that he still cares, that he's still active, and that he's still able to, to act. That despite setbacks, because they'll come, despite setbacks, that despite things maybe not happening in the time frame that perhaps God's people think they should happen in, or the way people imagine they should, that God is still there, that he's still working. Because God, he knows his people. He knows his people very well. He, we only need to look back on the, the 40 years in the wilderness to know what, what they were like. They were, they were losing perspective. They were becoming impatient. They needed reminders. They needed encouragement. They were weak and prone to, to doubt, to doubt God. They had an enemy who used to, who would sow lies and fear and distrust. 
And so God, he wants them to know that he cares, that, he, that he's there, that he's active, that he's faithful to his promises, that he is working despite present circumstances. And so the, the relevance to us this morning is that we are not so different, are we? We're not so different, are we? We, we too can lose perspective, can't we? We too, we, we need reminders of, of, of what God has done, of his goodness, of his faithfulness. We too, we're, we're weak to, to, and prone to fear and doubt, aren't we? You know, it's like, uh, uh, I think, I remember Tim came up and shared the other, the other week uh, um, about, you know, the first line uh, in Genesis. Did God really say, you know, we have an enemy who, who likes to sow fear and doubt in us. Did God really promise you this? Did God really save you? Did God really do this? Did God really do that? We have an enemy who likes to sow lies and fears. We too, we're impatient, aren't we? We have things in our mind or expectations and, and we think, well, I've been praying about this and I've been trusting God for this and he promised me this, but it's, my situation is still the same. In fact, it's got worse. So we too, we've got expectations and, uh, and, and we get impatient and think things should happen in our own time frame and in, 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 in work out the way we expect them to. So what are we to do? Well, number one, we're to know that there is a reality beyond ourselves. Those, the stones that we read about in, in Joshua, they, they're to call attention to what God did. Not what Joshua did or, or man has done, but what God did. Not what the people of Israel did, but what God did. Though men put them together and you know, pull them up out of the uh, river, they point to God, not to man. So our, our trust, our hope is to be in him, not in ourselves, not in our own abilities. And it's a wonderful picture. The, 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 uh, I don't know if you kind of spotted it as reading it, but uh, the picture of being, of being saved from the waters of judgment. God instructed 12, these 12 men to, to pick up these stones from the river bed. From the, you know, the, it's a picture of like the place, the bottom of the river. It's kind of dark and miry and mucky and uh, you know, beneath the waters of judgment. And so these, these stones are kind of brought up out of, from the riverbed. It's, it's, and it's a sign for the people of Israel where they've come from. And it's so for us, we've been, we've been, if for those who know and follow Jesus, we've been rescued from the dark, miry pit. Yeah, we've been pulled up out of that. We've been forgiven, set free because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The people of Israel were saved from slavery. They were forgiven of their folly. And they're saved into new life. So, so we are. So we've been saved from the miry depths of the, of the riverbed by the blood of, the, of Jesus. We've been saved from the, from the sin where we get stuff wrong and we turn away from God and, 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 and fall short. We've been saved from that and, and brought up into new life. It's a record of what God has done, his, his redemption, his deliverance and salvation. It's a wonderful picture there, that this, this sign, these 12 stones of where, where people have come from, where God's people have come from and where they are and who they are. For us as, as followers of Jesus, we're to keep coming back to the cross, keep coming back to the cross, the gospel, what, what Jesus has done for you and I, that, that he died on the cross. He, went to, he, he freely chose to, he go, went, died on the cross for you and for me, taking the punishment that, that we deserve, knowing the worst about us, knowing the worst about you and the worst about me, he paid the, his, with his life on the cross for you and for me, that we might be forgiven, that we might be rescued from the pit. 
folks, we need to, to live in that, in the daily knowledge of that, of, of the wonder of the cross, to be wonderfully amazed and, uh, about what God has done in, in our lives. It's astonishing that he would choose you and me, that he would, we would be objects of grace and of mercy instead of being objects of wrath. This is how much he loves you. Do you know that? That's how much he loves and cares for you. That he would send his one and only son to die an awful death for you. That's how much he loves you. It's to be a part of our, of our daily lives, living in that place of, of the cross and in wonder at what he has done. We don't need to be in shame of what we've done. We can be in wonder of what he has done. Well, this is just to be a central point of our lives, uh, uh, the foundation of, of our lives. We're, when we gather together in, uh, on Sundays, it's we, this, this, this wonderful songs that we sing and, and we open up God's word, we're, we're reminding one, ourselves and one another of the, of the wonder of the cross, of, of what it means for you and for me. We point one another to, to Jesus, to what he's done for us, to what he's, he is doing in our lives and what he has done. In life groups, the same. We, when we gather, uh, life groups just a, a midweek groups that I would say meet in homes, but meet somehow online at the moment and uh, just look to encourage one another, remind one another, point one another to what Jesus has done and what he is doing, that he has promised that, hey, despite your circumstances, despite I can see you're going through a really rough time at the moment, hey, despite that, God hasn't forgotten. God loves you. He knows you. He cares for you. He's forgiven you. He's rescued you and he will be with you always. In running partners, which is just uh, when folks like twos, threes, fours, something like that, just get together and it's just like the name, running partners, just kind of run through life uh, together, just encouraging one another, building one another, pointing one another to what Jesus has done. But it's, it's not just the, it, these, the stones, it's not just a, for us, it's not just a memorial. Right, it's a, it's, for, it's a for us. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. Not simply uh, knowing or being reminded about something that happens, but it's a personal relationship. It's how it changes. It has the, the the event of the cross, the work of the cross, the work of the gospel. How it has changed our identity. If you know and follow Jesus, and you, you're a different person. You're not the same. You you have a brand new identity in. Christ. And that affects my life and it affects your life because of what Jesus has done. It's not simply knowing an event that happened 2,000 years ago. It's how it transforms the present and the future because of what Jesus did on the cross. That Because if he, he died on the cross, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I'm adopted. In Christ. That's true if you know and follow Jesus. All of those things are true for you today. Because of the wonder of the cross, we're saved, forgiven, set free, adopted in Christ. Ephesians 2, it, uh, Paul writes, God made us, in Ephesians 2, verse 5, God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It's wonderful. This isn't. This is the gift of the. Of, this is a wonderful gift of grace that we get to receive. The free gift of grace that we're saved, that we're made alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our sins, even when we were dead in our transgressions, we're saved 
from all of the awful stuff that we, we have done and evil thoughts that we, we have and, 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 and all of these things, we're, we're saved and we're raised up with him. It's wonderful. You might feel very much in the present, very much here, you know, um, feet very much firmly on the ground and all of the uh, troubles and trials of the, the present life. Yet, it says here, you are seated raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly realms. We get the, the spirit of God, Christ, in us. His spirit is alive in you and me today. So we're to know that there is a reality beyond ourselves, to know that there is a power beyond ourselves. I, I touched on this just a moment ago, so the, the Holy Spirit. That means power for today, help in every circumstance. Help in every single circumstance, in every area of our lives, every trouble and trial, help in every circumstance. Help to walk free from sin. Okay? Help to walk free from sin. But it's also the power beyond ourselves. It's holding on to his promises, promises that, that he will build his church, promises that he hears your prayers, whatever it is you're calling out for in, in prayer and haven't quite seen yet. He hears your prayers. Corporately, as uh, City West, as we look to what God has called us to here, we, we, we can move forward trusting that he is, he's able. When we look at what he's called us to, and we look at, think, well, how can, how can God save the lost? How can uh, the wonderful good news of the gospel transform lives? God is able to do what he has promised. But we need to remind ourselves of these things. We need to remind ourselves of who God is is of what he has done jesus says in in matthew 19 with man it, this is impossible but with god all things are possible so often we i don't know about you we can look at situations and circumstances and just think oh that seems overwhelming that seems that seems just beyond me that seems impossible and yet with god all things are possible what is it in, in your life today? You're just kind of looking at a, uh, a giant, a mountain in front of you and just thinking, oh, for this situation to change, to, to turn around, um, maybe it's, it's a, a giant of debt, maybe a um, relationship, maybe um, just forgiveness, just looking at it and thinking, how can, how can I be forgiven? With God, all things are possible. Steph, uh, Steph Liston, who's just a, um, uh, well, part of the Relational Mission Apostolic team, a friend of, very much a friend of the church. Um, we spent a bit of time, Natalie and I, just uh, going to his church a few, few years ago. And um, I remember he, he said he had, he had a saying around the house uh, as, as a family, but uh, I don't know if he coined it, but anyway, he's, he's the one I learned it from. Um, we don't know the how, but we know the who. Yeah, I love that. Just that, that sense of you can be, you know, Fretting about a situation at home, um, I don't know what it might be. Fretting about some, some problem, some circumstance. And uh, as humans, our immediate reaction is to, is to try and figure it out, isn't it? It's to try and figure out how are we going to resolve this? How are we going to fix it? Certainly that's mine. My, my default is to, to want to fix it. And yet, sometimes the situations that, that are frankly just beyond us, aren't they? They're beyond uh, our own human ability. We don't know the who. We don't know the how, but we know the who. I love that. Don't know the how, but we know the who. Whatever situation you're facing this morning, I touched on a few just then. Do you know the who? 
Do you know the who? You might not know the how, but do you know the who? Because he has the power to turn that situation around, the power to help you through every situation and circumstance. Do you know the who? And then lastly, there is a purpose beyond ourselves. Uh, verse 21, back in uh, Joshua, Joshua 4, it says, uh, He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel, across the Jordan on dry ground. This is a message to any parents out there, right? Okay? Uh, it's, it, it, there's a, somebody is going to be influencing your children, our children. Somebody is going to be influencing our children. Make sure... It's, make sure it's you. Make sure it's you and it's, it's godly. Yeah? Daily li- it's about daily life, not just about bringing them to church, but about daily home life. Pray for them. Make sure you're an example. You, you, none of us are going to be perfect this side of eternity, but make sure it, it points them to who Jesus is. That, it's, that your life is marked by knowing and following Jesus. You, as I said, none of us are going to be perfect. We're all going to get it wrong at home, especially when there's children involved, I'm learning. But make sure that your lives point to who Jesus is because we're to, it says here in verse 21, you know, it's thinking about passing these things on to our children. We get it wrong, but our foundations are built on him. Make sure, make sure our, 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 we're pointing our children to these things if you have children then verse 24 it goes on it says he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the lord your god so this wonderful message of the cross this wonderful message about what god has done and is doing in our lives is for sharing it's not just for you and me it's a it's telling people about what god has done and is doing God stopped the Jordan so his people could, could pass on, on dry land. He's, you know, on dry land. Go and, and tell people. Tell people what God has done for you. It's probably not going to be crossing the Jordan in dry land, but tell people what God has done and is doing in your life. It's a message that if, if we've been transformed by the gospel, if we've received this free gift of grace, it's not just for ourselves. Yes, it completely transforms our lives, but it's able to save... The, uh, Everybody, any, this person we might think who is so far from Christ, so far from, from God, his love, his grace, his mercy is able to extend to them. It extended to you and me. It can extend to them too. It's a message for sharing. Sim and uh, Johnny, do you want to come back up, and Sarah? And uh, I'll just um, draw things together. Really practically, we need to to daily bring ourselves back to this, the, the cross. We do, don't we? We forget. There's so many distractions out there. We, we kind of bowl out, uh, you know, get ourselves here on a Sunday morning, and that feels like a mission sometimes, especially if you've got children, and then we kind of bowl out of here, and it's right, well, there's lunch, and uh, then it's, it's work tomorrow, and all of a sudden we're kind of back into the routine, swept up into the routine of life, and uh, all the distractions and so on that the week has for, for each of us. Um, but uh, God, by his wisdom and grace, he's, he's given us some things to, to, to bring us back to this point of the cross, of the wonder of the gospel each day. And uh, he's given us some that we can, we can enjoy together uh, like we can this morning. He's also given us some that we can 
we can take away when we're at home. He's given us his word. He's given his word that we can just, we can open it, we can just feed ourselves, remind ourselves of what God has done. I was doing a, we do King's Dailies. Um, it's a short video we've got online every weekday. And I was doing one, we just started 1 Corinthians, and just a few verses, and it was just kind of talking about the God of all comfort. And uh, it didn't take me very long, you know, I was doing sort of a five-minute video, but it's just a reminder, I think, oh yeah, the, the God of all comfort. And he's given, I say that because he's given us his word to, to remind us of what he has done, of who he is, of what he is doing, of his promises. So these are things that when we're at home, we can do the same with worship songs. We can put, put music on at home, remind ourselves. As, as we forget, we can remind ourselves about who God is, about what he has done and what he has promised. When we come together with the preaching of the word like this, again, to remind ourselves of who God is, of what he's done. Baptism, it's wonderful. We get to, it's a reminder, a visible reminder of new life, you know, of dying to an old life and being raised to new life. Let me encourage you, if you've not been baptized, speak to us. We'd love to baptize you. And communion, which is what we're going to do now if doing this next song. They aren't just symbolic things you know that the bread and the wine and baptism and so on they're not just symbolic but God by his grace he meets us in those moments he meets us and works in those moments so when we we take the bread and the wine his the, the wine his blood poured out for us the, the bread the cracker his body broken for us they're not just sort of symbolic oh yeah let's remember something that happened 2,000 years ago no, God is God is able God is present very and he wants to, to meet with us in those very special moments as we just come back to the cross kind of reorientate our lives on him as the foundation as the rock as the center of our lives he wants to meet with us we're called to something radical it's not just a, a, a rocking up to church and a singing a few songs, humming a few songs, and, and uh, uh, listening to a word. We're called to something radical. We're to feed on Christ in our hearts, by faith with thanksgiving. I want to encourage us. Shall we stand, and uh, we're going to take communion. If you if you're a, would call yourself a, a believer, a follower of Christ, then this is for you. If it's not, no big deal, leave, leave it out. Um, but it's a wonderful place to reorientate ourselves on what Jesus has done. I'm going to pray and just allow God to speak to us, speak to our hearts by his spirit before we just uh, move on. Father God, we thank you that you don't change, Lord. That you have proven yourself, proven your faithfulness, your goodness, and you will continue to be those things forever, Lord. I pray, would you help us to center our life on, on the cross? Jesus, I pray for uh, brothers and sisters here, Lord, and, and those watching, that uh, whatever circumstance or situation that is dominating their life at the moment, I pray, help us just to, to re-examine that in light of the cross, Lord. To re-examine every, every area of our life in light of the cross, of what the cross means, how, how that, what that situation looks like in light of the cross, in light of your saving, wonderful grace. Well, Jesus, we just we thank you, Lord, for the cross. We thank you that you, you loved us, that your grace rescued us. 
and that you're with us, working in us and through us. We thank you, Lord. There should be some bread and wine on your uh, cracker, on your seat. And uh, as I say, it's a wonderful moment now as we just, if you're a believer, just to, to take the bread and the wine. It's a good opportunity, the Bible says, just to get right with God before we do that. Just say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, or uh, just get right with God, just to repent, and then reorientate ourselves at the foot of the cross of what he's done, and reminding ourselves that he's, he's changed us, he's, he's forgiven us, and that he's with us. Thank you, Lord.